You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 35. Molly Patrick, co-founder of Clean Food Dirty Girl, talks childhood, perfectionism, and giving up alcohol. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like mini trees. When you're having dinner with me, broccoli. Dr. Yami Kazorla Lancaster, board certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant based nutrition habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hello, hello, veggie lovers. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. I hope that you have had a fantastic week and you are ready to listen to this week's episode. It was really great. I really have enjoyed getting to know Molly. She is a cool gal, cool chick, gets to travel around the world while at the same time helping people adopt plant-based diets, eat more whole plant foods, and live joyful, happy, healthy lives. And that's what I love to do. So, of course, I got along with her really great. But before I tell you about Molly, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. I want to ask for your favor I really, truly, deeply want to grow this podcast. It is one of my goals for 2018. I want to get more listeners, more people knowing about the power of not just plant-based nutrition, but their ability to change their lives for the better, to live long, happy, joyful lives. So If you could please share my podcast with other people that you think would benefit from it or enjoy it, that would be number one. Number two, if you could rate it and leave a review on whatever platform you use. Most people are using the iTunes platform. If you could please rate and review on that, I would really appreciate it because it really helps more people find my podcast when they're just randomly searching for podcasts to listen to because as you know, Podcasts right now are blowing up and there are so many of them. Another way you can help me is by visiting VeggieFitKids.com, signing up for my newsletter so that you can hear about all the things that I'm doing that way. And then whenever I post on Facebook, if you could share and comment on those as well. Those are all ways that you can help me grow, help this get to more people, and I would really, really appreciate it. The other thing I would like to do before I tell you more about Molly is to thank my sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance company for health conscious individuals. If you want to learn more about this innovative company that's helping us save money on our life insurance, please visit healthiq.com forward slash veggie doctor and use the code veggie doctor. They can help you save money on your life insurance. So for a quote, that's where you need to visit healthiq.com forward slash veggie doctor. 
Okay, so let's talk about Molly Patrick. Molly Patrick is really damn good at motivating people to eat a whole foods plant-based diet, not only with delicious recipes and meal plans, but with her non-judgmental, inclusive, and kind approach. She is the co-founder of Clean Food Dirty Girl and holds a certificate in plant-based nutrition. What gets her hot is helping people prevent illness and disease with the food they eat so they don't have to treat illness and disease because of the food they eat. Molly has built a thriving business and community around helping people eat more plants and less of everything else. She lives in Hawaii with her wife. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's interview, and I will see you next week. I am so excited to have with me today Molly Patrick, who is one of the co-founders of the Clean Food Dirty Girl blog and very active and thriving community. And I was very honored and lucky to be featured on her blog. And so I wanted to invite her so that I can hear a little bit about her story. So thank you, Molly, for joining me today. You got it. I'm so, so happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, I just have to say it's so funny because I, every once in a while when I can, I try to get kids to talk about, you know, why they're plant-based or vegan and what they care about and how they, how they maintain that habit. And I was videoing one of my friend's daughters and one of the things she mentioned, she's so cute. She's young. And so she was like, well, my mom gets on the Clean Food Dirty Girl website. <laughs> it was just so cute. And I was like, I asked her, I was like, what was she talking about? Because I actually hadn't heard of it before. But of course, uh -huh. right when I hear about it, all of these other people start coming and be like, oh yeah, I'm on that community and I get the meal plans. And I was like, where have I been that I haven't heard about this? So I'm just really glad to have found you. But I really want to know you've built this just amazing and thriving community. I want to know the story about how it started, what yeah. motivates you to do the work you do, and where did the name come from? Ha, huh, yeah. Okay, great questions. So first of all, that's so cute that she, we have a lot of little kids who refer to like the dirty girl food or the Molly food or, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but yeah, so what motivated me? Well, I, you know, I used to be in the restaurant business and I opened vegan restaurants. Um, I helped open vegan restaurants in California and Austin and Arizona. And it, it was really, um, rewarding work in a lot of ways, but it was just, it was so, so hard. And one of the things that, that, bothered me, I guess, was that I, we could only reach the people that were in the, in the zip code or fairly close to the zip code of the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like somebody from Singapore who wanted to eat our food couldn't, couldn't get to us. And so I was really interested in starting something online so that I could reach people, you know, across the globe really, and have it be, have it, have, have this, Thing that we're doing have an endless reach of people and not just be in the zip code in which we start the business. So that was kind of my motivation to, to have an online thing. And, you know, I, I, it breaks my heart to see people on medication and who are so sick and who just don't know the power of food, the power of food that it has, you know, that it has on their body. And um, it just, it, it breaks my heart that so many people are unnecessarily suffering when if they change their lifestyle and change their eating, you know, so much of this can, can take care of itself. So that's really my motivation behind it. I just, I love to see people healthy and to make this transition and to start thriving. Um, 
So that was kind of the motivation behind it. And I also wanted to start a business where I could work from anywhere in the world as long as I have my laptop. <laughs> that was really important for me. So my partner and co-founder, she has a background in technology. So, and my background is in food. So we kind of paired our, our talents and created this. So that's a little bit of the backstory. And Clean Food Dirty Girl, we actually started out as uh, Bold Vegan was our name, and it didn't really suit us that, that well, and I didn't really feel like that captured what we were doing. So I was thinking about how we could, you know, a new name change and all of this, and one day it just hit me, like Clean Food Dirty Girl. I don't know where it came from. It was one of those things where the universe just like, like lightning struck, and I was like, oh, Clean Food Dirty Girl is so perfect because it kind of sums up what we are, and I'm one, like, I don't really censor too much of what I say, so I, you know, I tend to, like, drop some F-bombs and, uh, and, and write how I normally speak to my friends, <laughs> so it summed it up perfectly. That is such a cute story, and it makes complete sense, but I, I, love, I love it. It's very catchy, and it is one of those things that helps you feel like, you know, like you're just... With your girlfriends, you're just relaxed. It's not like this super serious thing. It's more about a place that you can get good, healthy food. So that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so, and I've seen some of the recipes. I haven't tried any yet. I actually printed out one from one of your blog posts, like the smoky Gouda sauce. Oh, my God. It's so good. You have to try I'm it. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to try that. Um, but it, those recipes look super amazing. Are you trained as a chef? How did you learn how to cook this type of food? Yeah, no, I have no no training uh, as a chef at all. I actually majored in photography uh, when I went to school, but I was raised vegetarian. So my mom was super hippie chick. They, my parents like hitchhiked across the country and they bought a piece of land and, and built a teepee or put up a teepee while they were building their house. So I grew up with an outhouse and so no plumbing and electricity or running water. And my mom was one of those really crunchy, like 70s granola hippie moms. And so I was raised without ever having meat in my life to this day. And I grew up with her, you know, she grew a lot of our vegetables, she always cooked. And from a very, very young age, I was just in the kitchen with her. So I don't have any, you know, traditional training, but I have, you know, I had my mom <clears throat> to really give me a good solid base about just how to cook your own, own plant food. So I was really blessed in that way. And then as I got older, I just started experimenting on my own and just playing, you know, just getting in the kitchen and playing and trying things and testing things. And, and I love to eat. <laughs> so well, my love of food just kind of, you know, that was it. Well, I can tell it looks, it looks delicious and I can't wait to delve into some of those recipes. And I, I did read about your childhood and that sounds super interesting. Didn't your parents build the house themselves as well? Well, yeah, it, it was the two of them who built their house and they didn't only build their house, but they built the materials to build their house with. So they, they, they made every single Adobe brick that they laid their house with. They peeled every single Vega that they used. They collected every like rock from a nearby stream to build our kitchen with. So it was a very hand you know, DIY uh, project and it's a beautiful house, but yeah, the two of them did it together. Wow. That's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. That's cool though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and, and how long, when was it that you started this um, blog? So I started full time in 2014. I was kind of dabbling with it a little bit 
uh, before that, you know, for a few years before that, but it was just really a side project and a little hobby. And I really wasn't, I had an, I had a full-time job at the time. So it was kind of like my weekend project. Um, but in 2014, that's when I, uh, did this 100% and didn't take any more, any more work. And my partner as well, she did some consulting to kind of fund us, you know, a little bit mm -hmm. so we could keep going with this. But so, yeah, so since January, 2014. Wow. So you barely just hit four years. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's been, really it's, impressive. It's been really yeah. <laughs> you, you've yeah. done a great job. So, you know, you encounter a lot of people, there's people buying your meal plans and wanting to come to your site and your community on Facebook to get more information. What is the biggest barrier that you encounter from people wanting to adopt a plant-based diet? Yeah. So there's a few big ones. I mean, I think one of the biggest ones is people feel really alone. Like they, they want to do this for whatever reason, but their family isn't on board. Their friends aren't on board. Their coworkers don't have anything nice to say. So they feel, feel really isolated. And so by, by joining this community, by finding like-minded people, it's like, you know, wow, there's a lot of me's out there, you know? So that's one thing that I see that that's hard for people. And then, you know, another thing is, they're really ready to do this, but they don't know how to make the food taste good or, or have it taste good to their family. Like if they're trying to get their family on board with this, they just, they, they, they want to eat plant-based. They know that it's good for them. They know what, that they should be doing it, but they don't know what to cook. They don't know how to cook this way. They're just not used to it. Either they've never been one to go in the kitchen and make their own food, or they're used to cooking more of the standard American diet. And so taking out the meat and the dairy and the eggs and the oil, it's just like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> so those are two big ones. Yeah, that's so important. I remember I've been plant-based for, it'll be seven years this summer. And I live in a small town. And when I first transitioned, you know, I'm a pretty resourceful, independent person. So I was able to do it fine. But it does feel kind of lonely when you feel like you don't have anybody else to talk to about it or, you know, how do you make this? How do you do this? Um, and I actually formed a group called the Deterrents of Yakima, which I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to join this. And now we have over 400 members. So it's funny because even in small towns, you can find community. But of yeah. course, the, the internet is a great place and you've built a great community there for people who, who need to connect no matter where they are in the world and yeah. get some feedback and some support. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say too, like, it's not just, you know, when people make this transition, it's like they, they have a lot of questions in the beginning, you know, like... <laughs> tons of questions just about like, you know, how do I do it? Or what do I replace this with? Or if I want to make, you know, this dish without, you know, oil, what, what do I do? And so there's a lot of those questions in the beginning, but then as they transition, they really want to celebrate how they're feeling and what's, and, and how things are manifesting for them um, or morphing for them through this transition. And oftentimes if they go to their family or their friends, they just get a lot of uh, negative feedback and it's like, oh, well, you're probably not getting enough protein or, you know, they're just kind of naysaying. And so it's not, you know, having that community is important to ask like, you know, technical questions about this way of eating, but also to celebrate what they're going through because it's so amazing for people when they go through this. Yeah. Just to find like-minded people, just to mm -hmm. have community, because it is true that once you feel good and you, it, it's almost like you have a complete paradigm shift 
Like your yeah. world changes completely as you knew it and you can't go back. No, and totally. Everybody That's else is still the same around you. And so you just want to talk about this and you're like, oh my God, this, this is like reversing diabetes and, you know, it's doing all this stuff for the planet and for the animals. And then people are just looking at you like, okay. <laughs> you know? Or they feel like, okay, what cults did you join? You know? Like, Absolutely. That's, that's another one. And thing is, you know, when, when people make this switch, it's like not only their health, you know, it's like they have more energy, they're healthier, but other things in their life start to change. Like their relationships change and their, their worldview changes. And through that, like tons of changes happen that they did never even anticipated happening, mm -hmm. you know? So it's a pretty powerful, powerful transition to make. And when you're alone, man, yeah, that can be really, really lonely. So I think community is so important. Yes, definitely. I agree with the domino effect of when you change something so big in your life, other things just naturally start falling into place. It's yep. a very nice side effect to have. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. what do you think is the most helpful habit when it comes to adopting this transition and eating either entirely plant-based or a largely just eating more plant foods in your diet? What habits helps people make the transition easier? Well, I mean, I think the biggest one, and this is, this is really why we created our, our meal plans, but it's, you know, batch cooking and, and being prepared, like being prepared is so important because if you're trying to make this transition and let's say you are coming home from work late and you're starving and you've had a shitty day and you're just cranky and it's like, okay, I need to eat something healthy and you don't have anything in your fridge ready to go. Like you're going to not, you're going to eat something that's not healthy. You'll go to the, you know, the, you'll order something or, you know, get takeout or pop something in the microwave. And even if it is, um, you know, vegan, it's not always the healthiest choice. So I think that being really, really prepared and put in time, you know, put in a few hours in your kitchen on the weekends or on your day off to just prepare like a soup or a batch of beans or a batch of grains or a couple of dressings, just so you do, that you have that stuff ready to go and just committing to that every single week. And it doesn't even have to be a few hours. It can just be an hour. You can, you know, taking all of your leafy greens or your lettuce and, and washing them you know, and drying them, spitting them dry and putting them in your fridge so that you have them ready to go and making a dressing. You know, it could be as simple as that. But I think that just giving, you know, allowing yourself to take some time to prepare your food every week is a huge thing. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I do agree that if you're not used to it, it can seem daunting. Like, oh my God, you know, set aside two or three hours on Saturday or Sunday but it saves you so much time on the other end because mm -hmm. instead of like every day spending 30 to 60 minutes, all you're doing is taking the stuff out, assembling it, or I even batch cook and then put everything into containers. And it, mm -hmm. all I literally do is take it up, take it out of the fridge and heat it up. And it saves you so much time, energy, and you don't have to do as many dishes. <laughs> so I love these things. It's really, really nice. Yeah. And it takes the stress out of it because, it, you know, if you're thinking, oh, what am I going to make? What, you know, like it just, there's so much stress that goes around dinner time if you're not prepared. And I've had people say like, I didn't realize how stressed out I was about dinner before I started batch cooking and meal planning. You know, I just didn't even know how, like what a gift it was to not have that daily stress of wondering what's for dinner. You know, that's a, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you use a lot of the appliances that help with your life, like Instant Pot or rice cookers or any of those kinds of things? 
Um, personally, I, you know, I'm not too much of a gadget person. Like my kitchen is really minimal. And, and the good thing about cooking this way is it's not fancy. Like you mm -hmm. don't have to have all these like gadgets, but there are some tools that definitely make it easier. Like the instant pot, uh, is, I love it. I don't know what I would do without it. Um, I think it saves a ton of time in the kitchen. So easy. So I have that. I have, um, and you know, I cook my rice in the instant pot. So mm -hmm. with that one device, I can do a lot of, a lot of things. So I have that. And then I have a food processor that I use, uh, occasionally and then a really good blender. So those mm -hmm. are kind of my three, you know, my trio nice. in, in the kitchen. Yeah. But other than that, not really just really basic stuff, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. I love my instant pot. But I'm also now addicted to my air fryer. I don't know if you've gotten into the air frying thing, but oh my gosh, it is pretty addictive. So Instant Pot, Vitamix, and air fryer, those are the three things that I would have to take with me <laughs> no yeah. matter where I go. <laughs> yeah, it's a good list. Yeah, I got an air fryer recently and, and tested it out. I haven't done much with it yet. Um, and with our meal plans, because you know, I, I, I try to do the recipes so that like, you know, pretty much anyone could, could do them. So mm -hmm. I, I haven't introduce the air fryer into the meal plans yet because not everyone has it but I have done some things and it is pretty damn cool I have to say yeah it is fun to play around with mm -hmm. so what are the advantages of using a meal plan so oh yeah there's so many um I think you know from, from what we see if people are brand new to eating this way using you know, doing a meal plan, you don't have to think about it. You just kind of follow along. And if you're brand new, that's such a blessing because you could do it. You could go online and you could pick out some recipes and, and, uh, you know, kind of string them together. But I mean, there's meal planning that people can do on their own. And then there's, there's our meal plans and, and whatever one you do is fine. But I think just, you know, meal planning is really important because if you cook, like, let's say you're in your kitchen on a Sunday doing some batch cooking and you cook, you know, like a big thing of quinoa and you cook, uh, you know, some salad dressing and you cook maybe like a sauce. And if you're not in, you know, really used to this, you'll think, okay, so now what do I do with that stuff? You know, what, what now I have this big whole thing at quinoa, but what the hell do I do with it? So kind of planning out your meals, it helps in that you'll have something to do with that quinoa. You know, you'll know what to do with it. You'll, you'll maybe saute it up with some onions and celery and garlic one night and have a really simple quinoa stir fry, or maybe you'll use it for breakfast and put some berries and chopped almonds and, and soy milk on top and have your breakfast bowl or, you know, whatever. So it's just going that extra uh, additional step of not just batch cooking, but what are you going to do with that batch cooking stuff so that it, everything gets used. So I think there's um, a lot less food going to waste when you do the meal plan part. Yeah. That's and I think probably it helps eliminate boredom for some people. I know that some people, yeah, totally. especially if they're going from the standard American diet where they're used to having their taste buds tantalized by like this hyper-processed food, having this variety of food that's already thought out for you is really helpful. You yeah, know? yeah. It definitely gets people out of the rut of eating the same thing. And even people who who aren't brand new to this and who have been eating plant-based, we tend to go back to the same things kind of over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so by using a meal plan and, you know, whether that's mine or anybody else's, it, it really gets you out of that food rut and it, it helps you um, experience different cuisines and different things that you wouldn't necessarily think to ever cook, you know, mm -hmm. so it gets you kind of out of your comfort zone, regardless of where you're at 
you know, on this journey. Uh, it, it can be a lot of fun and really you can experience new flavors and textures and cuisines and all this. So it definitely keeps it interesting. And I think keeping it interesting is really important because you don't want to get bored by eating the same five things every single week. And then also when you're doing that, you're not getting very good nutrient diversity either. So it's important to eat like that, you know, a wide range of all the plant foods because they're all so important. Yeah, that's a good point is trying to challenge yourself to go beyond your comfort zone. I love that because sometimes we assume that we don't like something because we didn't like it like years and years and years ago. But totally. I see that as all the I time. say as a pediatrician, we know that for kids, it takes sometimes 20 to 25 exposures to a food before they start accepting it. And yeah. all flavors, all tastes are acquired except for breast milk. So uh, really yeah. just trying those new things and eventually you might like it. You might love it. Exactly. And in different applications too. Like I know that um, my wife, like she hates kidney beans with a passion. She just, it's one of those things that she just hates, but you know, like I make a like almond kidney bean taco meat type of thing. Ooh. And she doesn't know that there's kidney beans in there, you know? And so it's just trying things you know it's maybe you don't like garbage beans but maybe you love hummus you know uh -huh. just so trying different ways of, of the same foods and and people do you know a lot of people just haven't had the food done right you know I have yes. so many people who, who in our group say okay well Brussels sprouts are on the meal plan this week and I hate Brussels sprouts and I'm like just try it anyways just give it a shot you've never tried these Brussels sprouts and they're like oh my gosh like I now I like them so yeah it's important to be patient and to give give foods that you didn't previously like just another another try in a different way oh my gosh that is so true because I teach cooking classes and Brussels sprouts is one of those uh -huh. things I think there are so many people that were traumatized as children because they were forced uh -huh. to eat like these boiled over boiled overcooked Brussels sprouts that were probably like they probably really did not taste good you know but now having yeah, yeah fresh Brussels sprouts, or even the frozen Brussels sprouts, you can get really good texture. And depending on like if you roast them, I mean, those things are so delicious. And then the other thing that I've encountered is people automatically think they, they're going to hate is lima beans because they were used to as yes. kids eating the yes. slimy ones in the can and stuff that weren't good. But mm -hmm. in the recipes I make, I use the frozen ones, the frozen baby lima beans, and they're really yummy. And people are like, oh my gosh, I like these. And they surprise themselves. So it's always nice to read yeah. the things. All the time. Yeah, exactly. And with, with I, I think too, like people aren't used to cooking with like spices, you mm -hmm. know, and a lot of alliums. And, and so people in general, like once they start cooking these foods with, with like actual spices and, and in these different ways, that it's just so delicious. It's like all of a sudden food becomes this party, mm -hmm. <laughs> like this party for your mouth where they thought, okay, well, I just, I, I was using salt and pepper my whole life. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't know about cumin and coriander and, you know, turmeric and, oregano and all these beautiful spices that really make such a difference in cooking. You're making me hungry. So <laughs> what is your favorite go-to meal? So yeah, that, well, let's see. Any kind of bowl is usually what I do. And I, you know, I, because I, I develop recipes and, and meal plans and I have to say too, I have an amazing team of doing with women who do this with me. So all the, the recipes that our meal plans and our blogs, they are not just fine, but they're um, big shout out to, to Jen and Tammy in our, on our team because they are amazing at whole food So I'm going to 
unique position because I'm always testing recipes and creating recipes for meal plans. So at any given point, I have a, you know, fridge full of amazing food. <laughs> so it's, it's actually like, you know, I, I created a really cool job for myself that I always have great food in my fridge at any given moment. But you know, my favorite thing to do is just a big, like a bowl, like whatever grain I'll have, I have in my fridge, whatever bean I have in my fridge, whatever greens I have washed up and whatever dressing I have. And then whatever, you know, nut, nuts or seeds sound good because I like textures. Like I think mm-hmm. textures are so important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll heat up some, if I have rice, I'll heat up some rice. I'll mix that with some kale and pinto beans if I have those and put on some dressing and top it with nuts or seeds. That's like the fastest, my, my fastest, best meal. And that's, that's what in my house is called yummy food because I love bowls and they're so easy and you can make them in a different, different way. So easily like different grain, different beans, you just kind of rotate those ingredients, those main ingredients, and you can have a completely different tasting meal uh, from one day to the next. So very easy. What is one food that you could absolutely not live without? Mm. That's so hard. That's so hard. But I have to say, I really, at this point, I'm going through a coconut aminos stage right now or phase right Mm now. (laughs) And that condiment is so good. It, It kind of just brings everything up a notch. So if I like even just steam some broccoli and then sprinkle on some coconut aminos and like top it with some sesame seeds, like I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Or if I, if I massage some kale with those coconut aminos and then add some hummus on top and maybe a little walled parm, like delicious, right? But that coconut aminos right now, that's like, I have to say, I'm kind of obsessed with it at this moment. I love it too. I don't know if you've sprayed it on your popcorn yet, but that's what we do at our house. We just put it in a spray bottle and we spray it on an air pop popcorn uh-huh. and then put nutritional yeast on top. It's so yummy. Yeah, totally. I'm there with you. <laughs> So talk to me about perfectionism or the all or nothing approach. So I know that on your meal plan, it's all whole foods, plant-based, no oil, but you do quite a bit of traveling. You, you go around the country, you go around the world. Right now you're in Asia, super cool. Um, and so you, on your blog post, you talk about doing the best you can while you travel. Sometimes you're not going to be able to find things that are oil free. What do you, what are your thoughts on perfectionism and how can it can affect making this type of lifestyle change? Yeah. So I think first of all, people are way too hard on themselves and they have this bar that's set unbelievably high and people need to give themselves a break (laughs) because it's, devastating if you set this goal for yourself and you never reach it for whatever reason. And I think that, you know, perfectionism, it just sets you up to fail, I think, you know, because nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And so I think that in general, people just got to do, you know, do the best you can and have that be good enough. Like we all have so many... Life is hard. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of things. And beating yourself up because maybe something you had at the restaurant had oil, like it's, I think it's just a, it's a waste of time and it's not doing you any good. So I'm a big believer in doing the best you can. And yeah, you know, when I, the meal plans are whole food plant based, oil free, and that's how I eat too. But, you know, when I travel, I, especially anywhere, even when you go out to eat, you know, you're not going to get an oil-free meal all the time. It's just not possible. Um, and I don't want my life, like, 
you know, I don't want to just be in my kitchen my entire life, eating my own food in my own house, because life is beautiful. And there's so much to explore. And there's so many places to go and, and things. So I think that life has to continue on, you know, and it would be a shame if you only ever ate in your kitchen, because that's the only place you can eat oil free or whole food plant based, because there's a lot you miss. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that, um, you know, striving per for perfection, it's just a distraction and it just gets in the way. And it can also act as an excuse. I think a lot of times it's like, oh, I, I didn't do this. I'm not perfect. I guess I can't do this. So I'm just going to go back to the way that I was eating before. Yeah. And, and that's what my feeling was too, is I think sometimes people, they take this all or nothing approach that they have to be a hundred percent this way, whether it's either a hundred percent plant-based or hundred percent oil-free or hundred percent salt-free. And then if they deviate from that, then they just give up where, yes. you know, yeah. like we're not, we're going to deviate from things sometimes and um, we just do the best we can. And I think one of the most important things um, I think I saw you write on your blog too, is just tuning in to what makes you feel good and trying to find yeah. a balance there. Yeah. You know, I think that that is so important. I guess I was just going to say on that last thing, you know, I think that we're so people, a lot of people who make this transition are so used to dieting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so f with dieters, it's like, if you're on the diet, it, you know, seems to work, but as soon as you get off, then you fail and you, and you go back. Like that's kind of the mindset around this. And, mm -hmm. and when people are first making this transition, it's like people have to understand that this isn't a diet, you know, this is a lifestyle and it's about, ah, uplifting yourself and it's about supporting yourself and it's about like your health and your well being. It's not about, a, you know, a number on a scale or anything else. So I think that people just need, to, once they realize that part of it, then it makes it a lot easier to get away from that all or nothing at all mindset and mentality and just know that, Hey, okay, you, you had some oil when you ate out. Well, guess what? Tomorrow have a big green smoothie and forget about it. Cause the other thing is if you're stressed out all the time, is it really worth it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyways, that's what I wanted to add. Yes, that's beautiful, beautiful. And I agree. There are so many people that are used to dieting and it's this restrict binge, restrict binge cycle. But mm -hmm. the wonderful thing about eating a whole food plant-based diet is that you can actually learn to just relax and breathe into life. You don't have to count or weigh or measure or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and for some people that is very uncomfortable because they are used to trying to control every single bite of food that goes into their body. So it can no, take a little it. while to unlock. Yeah, it can. It can. And I think just like, I mean, I have this saying, it's called, I, I say, stop squeezing the cat. And I have this blog post about it, but it's like, if you squeeze it too tight, like you, you don't give it room to breathe. And once you release and give yourself, you know, just give yourself the gift of enjoying food. And when you're eating the right food, you can do that and you don't have to like worry all the time and stress and panic and the, the results will happen naturally if you just release and just enjoy it you know mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> so, yeah wonderful so one of the things that you talk about and that you're open about is your journey with alcohol so can you tell us a little bit about that and um, how has that been in your life, your journey, and how has that experience of going through that helped you in what you do? We're going to take a quick break here so that I can tell you some more about our sponsor, Health IQ. Did you know that vegans have a 49% lower risk of type 2 diabetes and a 34% lower risk of female-specific cancers? Health IQ knows this, and they know that health-conscious individuals cost less money to insure, and that's why 
they have developed this innovative company to help people like yourselves, people that are already living a healthy lifestyle, you're already out there exercising, running marathons, cycling, eating a healthy diet, you're doing everything you can to live a long, healthy life, and Health IQ wants you to be rewarded for that. It is a win-win situation. People that take advantage of Health IQ, you get online or call for a free quote, you can find that you may be able to save money on your life insurance. So if you're interested in that, if you want to be one of the 56% of Health IQ clients that get exclusive special rates, please visit healthiq.com forward slash veggie doctor and use the special code veggie doctor. And now back to the interview. Yeah. Well, it's, changed my life really. I mean, it, it wasn't just alcohol that I had a big problem with, but it was also smoking cigarettes, you know, and it was the two just go hand in hand. And I loved it. I loved drinking and I loved smoking so much. And, uh, I loved it for a long time and I was really damn good at it. I did way too much of it. And I'm just, I'm one of those people that I don't have an off switch with alcohol. You know, I just, once I drink, I just want to keep going and I just don't have that. Okay. It's time to stop kind of thing. So I struggled with that for a long time and I finally reached the point where I just felt really, really spiritually bank bankrupt. Like that's the best way I can describe it. I just felt like, like I was just kind of missing. Like I just wasn't complete. I wasn't whole. Like there was this hole in me and I was also just exhausted. You know, I was so tired of it, of the cycle of drinking every day and waking up tired and like just not feeling good. And I knew, I knew that I had so much more potential that I wasn't tapping into because I wasn't, you know, I was doing such a, I had this really unhealthy habit. Um, and so, and also at the same time, you know, it's been three years since I quit. Uh, it'll be June 3rd. That'll be three years. And it, you know, before I, I, I was running the, this business and I was teaching people how to eat healthy. And, and I just felt like such a, such a fraud almost and really hypocritical. Like how can I help people if I'm not helping myself to the fullest, you know? And I just felt really just shitty about that. And so it got to the point where I was like, all right, I just, I know I have to quit. Like that's just it. And it took me a few tries, you know, and it was, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, but I did it. And it's the best thing I've ever done. And I can't tell you how much that changed not only my life, but the life of this business and our community. And it's like everything just clicked in. Everything just fell into place and started working once I got rid of those things and uh, was able to give that gift to myself. So yeah, it's been incredible. <laughs> wow, that's a great story. So would you describe yourself or would you have defined yourself as an alcoholic? Yeah. You know, that's so interesting. And I, and I've given this so, so, so much thought. And I think, and I even asked uh, Dr. Lyle about this. I interviewed Tim who wrote the, the pleasure trap. Um, I had him on my blog and I was really trying to understand it because I think there's so many different types of uh, problem drinking and, and alcoholics out there. Right. I mean, we're not all the same. Mm -hmm. It's like, I was never one. I, you know, I never needed a drink when I woke up in the morning. I never hid my drinking from anybody. Uh, I never, you know, didn't work because of my drinking. I, I never got a DUI. I never lost a relationship or broke up with 
my partner because of my drinking. And so, you know, I was very functional. Mm -hmm. Um, it didn't get to the point where I never went to the, I was never hospitalized for it. Um, but I was, but I was really dependent on it. And mm -hmm. if I didn't have it, I would get really cranky and at you know, four or five o'clock every day, it was like, Oh, okay, it's time. And I would just, you know, my body would, was prepared for it because it was my habit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what is that? Am I, I an alcoholic? If, you know, if maybe I am, I don't, but I don't know. I can't, I, I never have really been able to answer that. Um, I know that I, that I don't have that, that off and on switch that some people do. For instance, um, my partner, Luann, she can have one glass of wine and she can leave half of the glass. And <laughs> if we were eating dinner or whatever, and I'd always think, how can she leave a half a glass of wine? Or how can she have just that one glass? Like I could never do that. Like how could she just leave that sitting there? And so when I started to have those thoughts, I was like, shit, there's like, this is not a healthy way to think about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So because by the time I had three drinks, I was like, okay, I'm just getting started. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, so what, so the way that Dr. Lyle described it, I loved it. It's like, you know, there's a spectrum and we all lie on different ends of the spectrum. Um, we have people who are really susceptible to alcoholism and the genes. And so if you introduce the alcohol to that, then they're going to be on this side of the spectrum. And then there's people who can have a half a glass and it has no effect. And everybody is on a different line of the spectrum. I thought that was a really interesting way to, to describe it. So, um, am I an alcoholic? I, I still don't know. I definitely abuse alcohol and I definitely was a problem drinker and that's the most I, I know. Yeah. Well, I, I, that was kind of a loaded question. And the reason I asked is because I feel like we're stuck on this, like either you're an alcoholic or you're not either you're a food yeah. addict or you're not, or you're a drug addict or you're not. But I think that the yeah. key yeah. lies into almost what we talked about before. Is it, is it weighing on your soul? Is it creating a burden inside of you? Is it affecting mm -hmm. how you feel about yourself and how much joy you can have and put out to the world? And I think that's the key, the key question, you know? Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's like, does it matter? Okay. Are you an alcoholic? Are you, you know, it doesn't matter. Like what, it, you know, these, these labels that we put on things to try to define things when things aren't always black and white, it's like, how are you experiencing? Yeah. Are you joyful? Mm -hmm. Is this adding to your life or is this taking away from your life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and go from there? Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Because there are people that they wouldn't consider themselves alcoholics by any definition, but they do, like you were saying, have a very strong pull to it every night in order mm -hmm. to relax or in order to feel better, you know, like it, like they have to have it. And I think mm -hmm. it's funny how you said that about your wife and the wine. Um, I feel like that anytime I see people either not finishing their bread or not finishing dessert, <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. like, how is that possible? How can you just like take one bite of chocolate cake and just be like, eh, I'm full. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same, right? I know I've talked to so many people and it's really interesting because like there's so many people in our community that I've come across that their their struggle with food mm -hmm. sounds exactly the same as my struggle with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it's like it could be the same thing. You just swap out sugar for booze, you know, and it's the same exact thing. So it's really interesting how that all works. Exactly. And it's it's just our brains. It's just the hat like you said, I like describing it as a habit because mm -hmm. I think that that's more empowering. I mean, don't you feel like if you have a habit, you have the, the, 
power, you have the ability to change that habit instead of just saying, okay, I'm just like an alcoholic forever. I'm just doomed. Um, yes. I feel the same way about the food stuff, but you know, the next question I had for that, because you did write, and I think you mentioned too, that you tried lots of times, you tried lots of times to detach yourself from this alcohol. So talk to me about persistence and not giving up. How important is that? Yeah. I mean, I think if something's not working, then try something else and see if that works. You know, I mean, I think that it's, if you really want to change, then you have to be persistent and you have to keep trying. It's that easy. Like if you really want to change and for a while, you know, I wasn't really ready to change yet when I was trying to change. And so I think that being really honest with yourself is like key. Cause if, if, if you think, okay, well, and, and this has to do with eating too. If you think, okay, well, I want to switch to a plant-based diet because I, because everybody says that it's good and maybe it doesn't work or it doesn't stick. Okay. Well, are you changing because other people think that it's good and you're, you know, or you heard that it was good? Are you changing because you genuinely want to change? Mm-hmm. Cause unless you genuinely want to change, it's likely not going to stick because you don't really want it. So But then once you get to that place where you are really, really ready to change, then you're going to be persistent. And if it doesn't stick right away, then you tweak and you try something else and eventually it will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have so much power um, (laughs) over ourselves and, and, and we just, we have to, to know how much power we have and how we can make changes that seem impossible, but once we are ready and once we're, we're ready for that change, we, anybody can do it. You know, you just have to keep at it. And I think too, like I, I, one thing that really helped me when, in this journey of, you know, trying to quit and then going back and trying to quit and going back is like, I had to get to the point where I, where I, could never think about drinking again. Like for this, it had to be all or nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the caveat to that because in the past when I tried, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to cut down or I'm going to go for a month without it. And what would end up happening is like two weeks into it, I would start having these mind games with myself and think, well, if you're going to start drinking at the end of this month, you may as well just start now. Like you may as well start tonight. And so it was like a mind, a mind fuck, sorry for cursing, but you know, it was like this constant battle in my brain that I was having with myself. And so when I made, when I finally said, okay, I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I'm going to tell myself, Molly, you can never drink again in five years. You can't drink in 50 days. You can't drink in 10 years. You can't drink. You are one of those people who cannot drink and you cannot do it. It is, Mm -hmm. it is that simple. It is that black and white. And once I got into that mindset, it made a really difference because then there was no more mind games. It was like I had decided and that was that. There was no backing out of it or, or uh, you know, cutting my month short or, you know, whatever, trying to cut down. It was just impossible for me. And I've seen a lot of people have to use that or who use that tactic with sugar. And that's how, kind of how they got out of the sugar trap. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm one of those people who can't have sugar. You know, maybe they can have, uh, you know, a date chopped up in their oatmeal and that's about it. Because if they have processed sugar, then it's over. Mm-hmm. So it was very similar. So you had to really set some very clear boundaries for yourself. Otherwise, you would end up deviating and going in a direction that you didn't want to go. 
Yeah, I would just wiggle right back into the habit and then I would just be in it again. And just, you know, it just happened too many times. So I was like, ah, got it. Okay, I just can't. And I, and I but I was ready. I was ready for that. And again, it kind of goes back to that. So, um, but I think, you know, your original question of how important is it to be persistent and to just keep trying? It's like, yeah, if you're ready and something isn't working, then you try a different way. You know, maybe for if somebody is changing how they eat, they just, they don't like it or they can't do it, maybe get some new recipes or maybe take like an online cooking class and maybe just, you know, figure out how, how to best, uh, you know, work with herbs and spices so that your food is tastier or maybe, you know, preparing your food in advance better. There's always a way to make it work once you're ready. There's so many options. And I love that point about don't see it as a failure, just see it as feedback and information. Okay, that didn't work. Or maybe just this part of it worked and this part didn't. What can I try different? Just like a little toddler learning to walk. They don't like beat themselves up because they didn't get it the first time. They actually giggle and think it's fun. They see it as a fun fun learning experience. So maybe sometimes when we're trying to change our habits and we're trying to adopt a new lifestyle habit, we can see it as a fun challenge. And every time it doesn't work, we're like, oh, well, I guess that didn't work. Let's try something different. But that's a a good approach to kind of change that mindset. Yeah, exactly. I tell people like, see this, like, look at it as an experiment and have it be fun, you know, and if something doesn't work exactly think, okay, well, that didn't quite work. Let me, let me, but I think that people are, think so seriously about this. And that's one thing that I always try to remind people is like, don't overthink it and don't take it too seriously. Like, yes, make changes. Yes. You know, better yourself, but at the same time, have fun with it. And, uh, you know, don't, don't just, I think that again, people beat them, have a tendency to beat themselves up way, way too much. Absolutely. I agree. Well, speaking of habits, let's talk about what personal habit you are most proud of, how you developed it, and how you maintain it. Oh, let's see. So I guess the thing that I'm most proud of is the, you know, getting rid of my worst habit. So <laughs> that's, that's probably the, the, the one that I'm the most power, proud of is not having that habit anymore. Uh-huh. But I also, you know, I have a habit of doing a, a green smoothie or a green juice every single morning. And, and that um, is something that I, I don't know that I'm proud of myself of that. I just, I, I can't imagine not doing it because my body craves it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so just my, my morning green, green drink, habit and, and routine is really important to me. Um, I have a morning like exercising, uh, stretching yoga, myofascial release type of, uh, practice that I do. And I'm actually really proud of that because it's something that's, that has been really challenging for me in a lot of ways and, um, setting, setting aside or setting time aside for myself every, every day for a certain amount of time has been hard because I'm the kind of person that will wake up and start working and start, you know, taking care of business and getting right to it and kind of making that switch to waking up and easing myself into my day and giving myself like, you know, you know, 20 minutes or 40 minutes to kind of focus on my body and, and, and my well-being has been really, really important because it really sets the stage for the, for the day. And it, and it, it makes a huge difference. So I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that right now. Mm, that sounds like a fabulous habit. And I can just feel the peace and the calm it gives you to take that pause in the morning before rushing off to do all the different to do's and tasks and getting on the computer and replying to things. So that's, yeah. that's a great habit to have. 
Yeah. And it's so important that we take, even if it's like 10 minutes, just to take, take a pause for yourself, because if you don't, no one's going to do that for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and you, we will always, regardless of what our day looks like, we're always going to find ways to fill our day and to be so, so busy. And, um, you know, we really, by carving out that kind of me time, uh, just even for a few, like five minutes, 10 minutes every day, it, it can make a big impact and everybody deserves that. That's the other thing. Like people, people deserve to take that pause to put into themselves. And, um, I was reading, I'm reading the book, um, thrive right now by Ariana Huffington. And it was really beautiful the way she described it. She, she said, you know, we, we keep our, we keep our phones charged. You know, we have, we know, how, you know, much longer our phone is going to go without it being charged before it dies. You know, we, we make sure that we take care of our computers and all this, but we, we don't make it a point to recharge ourselves. And so I think it's, it's a great point. And I, I really, I agree with that. Wow. That's so insightful that she wrote that, but also thank you so much for saying that we deserve it because do you know how many people don't believe that they deserve to take a break? I used to be one of those people. I used to feel like, especially going through medical school and residency, it's almost like you develop this addiction to being super tired. And because you're used to working like 30, 36 hours at a time, like you, you feel like you can't rest until you're like almost dead, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I had that problem too. And I, I do have to pay attention to giving myself that time to decompress and just do nothing. Like just, it's okay mm-hmm. to sit down and just do nothing. You don't have to be multitasking all the time, which I think we're chronically addicted to multitasking. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. And we're also addicted to like feeling guilty for like some time that you spend on yourself. Like mm-hmm. I, there's so many, and I, and I see this in the community all the time. Like, you know, even people even feel guilty about batch cooking. So like I could be doing something else. I could be with my family. I could be, you know, and, and it's like, wait, like we, we need to take this time for ourselves and batch cooking really is like, you know, such a, such an act of self love and self care. Um, but even, but, but that's still doing something. So I, I encourage people like take it a step farther and like really do nothing or just, you know, take a 10 minute break in the middle of your day and read your book. Like it's, and and stop feeling guilty about it. Oh my gosh. Like we just, we have to slow down a little bit, I think, and give ourselves a break. Yes. Everybody just relax. Okay. We don't have to take (laughs) everything so seriously all the time. Oh man, this has been great. Well, we've talked about some of the goodies that you offer, but do you want to talk about other services and products that you have? You have like retreats and all kinds of stuff. What else can people get into? Yeah. So what we have, like our meal plans is our, is our main thing. And that, so a new meal plan comes out every single Friday. So we create one of these, one of these beautiful monsters every single week. And it it really gives you everything you need. It gives you the grocery lists and you know, exactly what you need. gives you all of the batch cooking recipes. It gives you a prep list so that, you know, here's, here's everything you need to prep before you even start your batching so that when you batch, you just kind of throw things together. And then we give you like the nightly meals and, and how to throw all those batch cooking items together to make like different beautiful meals every night for dinner. So, and, and that's, that's on a, um, a monthly, so it's like 20 bucks a month and you get a new meal plan every Friday. So that is our kind of core thing that we offer, but we, we are doing a retreat this July, at the end of July in Hawaii, um, which is where I live and we're doing it on the big Island. And that's, that's booked. We might do another one next year. We might not. We'll have to kind of see how it goes. Um, that's going to be a ton of fun and, and we'll see what happens with that. And then we also run a, I do a um, 
whole uh, plant-based reset once a year. That's kind of like a live five-week program for people who are really new to eating this way and it kind of just goes through all of the challenges that people have when making this transition and also just you know, starting with your kitchen, you know, let's rearrange your kitchen. Let's, let's stop, let's get your kitchen ready for eating this way. Let's get your mindset eating, you know, getting your mindset ready for eating this way. So it kind of takes you through the whole, the whole process. And we offer that once a year. And then we offer like our Saturday uh, email. So I send out a new Saturday email every week with uh, tips and stories and humor and a new recipe. Uh, And that's free. And then we have a blog post every single Tuesday. And then we have our private Facebook group, which is an amazing group. It's a thriving community of almost 30,000 people. And it's our whole uh, stance on this was I was, I was in some plant-based groups um, before we started our group. And I just noticed that people tended to be really mean to other Mm -hmm. people who, especially people who are new to this and just had, had questions, just like legitimate questions about this would just get really kind of abused over just being new and not knowing. And there was just a lot of drama. And I thought, you know, we need something better. So we started this, this private group and our whole thing is, you know, you can, you can, you don't have to be plant-based to be here. You just can't be an asshole. You know, you just have to be nice and a kind human. That's all we ask. And so it's a really, you know, judgmental free zone. And so that's the other big thing that we have. So that's, that's what we have right now. And it keeps us busy. I'm sure it does, especially with so many subscribers and people on the community. That's definitely a full-time job. So where can listeners connect with you? So cleanfooddirtygirl.com is our website. You can sign up for our emails there. There's a link to our private Facebook group there. Um, You can also find our Instagram page. So that's, that's the, if you go to cleanfooddirtygirl.com, you'll get everything you need and a ton of free recipes too that we post on the blog. Awesome. Well, Molly, you are a beautiful soul. I just feel so fortunate to have met you and to find out about this community. I am signed up for your Saturday email and I might look into getting the meal plans as well and try those out for a while because those look super delicious and fun. So thank you so much for all that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, there's a sample meal plan too. People can download um, and it's free if they want to kind of test it out and see if it's for them. Oh, that's nice to have too. That way people can see if that's going to fit into their lifestyle and their taste. So great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was wonderful to chat with you again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We'll have a plantastic day, Molly. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocket surgeons music. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash veggie fit kids, or you can email me at veggie doctor, V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at veggiefitkids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli.